Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Comexus Cast Daily for Thursday, August 31st, 2017. I'm Matthew McGordy, the videographer and podcaster here at Comexus. Uh, I'm today I'm joined by lead digital and creative strategist Philip Brooks. Good morning. And the president of Comexus, Len Ward. Good morning. And here we are here to bring you all the news you need to know from our inbox to yours. Today's first story uh, is a interview by Greg Sterling with some new data about brand loyalty on Mercury. Yeah, uh, it looks like Greg uh, spoke to the Senior Vice President of Digital Strategy for Astound Commerce, who put together this report based on a survey of 1,000 adults in the United States uh, about brand loyalty. Um, There's a lot of really interesting information to parse from this, but the stuff that I want to take away from it, or at least highlight, is that there's a whole conversation here about how brand loyalty has changed or the perception thereof has changed. Um, But what I found was really fascinating is that 59% of respondents prefer to do research directly on brand sites, and 55% want to purchase directly from brands themselves. So about last week, Len, we had a conversation prior to the podcast. Len brought up an interesting story about his daughter and doing some research for a project. I don't know if you want to just... It just, yeah, I had her, for one of her marketing classes uh, in high school, she had to do... Uh, it was like a, a website audit, and I had I had her do something. I was I forget what the project was. The project was along the lines of she had to turn something in the class, and it was you know what can she do from an advertising perspective that would be new. And I said why don't we try a website audit uh, to go look for things. And when she went right on the website, I think it was American Eagle. She went on this is a year ago. If I said that now, she'd probably <laughs> kill me because she's completely out of American Eagle. Um, but she scrolled all the way to the bottom. It was the very first thing I noticed her do. I said what are you doing? She goes well I'm looking for the app I can download. I'd rather just look at it that way. I said, that's not a website. She goes, yeah, but that's how I choose to look at this. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes right into what you're saying. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of the data here uh, sort of talks about how um, there's, other than Amazon, which is one of the only few brands out there that it has kind of elicited brand loyalty with this generation and you know, with this current generation of, of web users, but I, also, I think that they're different in, in a lot of ways than the other. A lot of people would rather work directly with the brands than these large compendiums of, of you know commerce, um, but for whatever reason, Amazon, and I think that's because they're they're so in, broadly incompatible. They have mm-hmm. so many different things they do. It's turned into the Google of um, of commerce. Of, of commerce, yeah. it really has. Uh, I, I think that's why they're the, they're the lone exception uh, to the lot of this data. But um, I thought it was really interesting in that you know, because the whole it, it dovetails directly into this app conversation that we were having. Is that you know if people want to buy directly from a brand, then if they have an app, that's going to put put them in a perfect position to make that happen. Um, and, and so I think that is, is an interesting you know, kind of extension of what the, the data that's in this report. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to, to just highlight real quickly is that uh, it said nearly 80% of these customers still visited a store as part of their shopping journey, even though they purchased a great deal online still. Um, that is not my experience. I, if I can avoid going to a store, I will. But um, that's fascinating to me that a thousand, of 1,000 people, 80% said that they went to a store. I think there's a couple things in that. Number one, I noticed on a Holiday Inn ad the other day that they're now beginning to try to cut out the aggregators. Look at the, watch the hotel and the, the hotel commercials, the motel commercials, how they're saying guaranteed cheapest price at HolidayInn.com. Mm-hmm. So they're literally going into Trivago, they're going into Expedia and saying, come here. So it seems like the brands are now trying to pull it, where even like companies like East Bay 
clearly is getting beat up by companies like Nike. Nike's, mm -hmm. Nike's, you know, I have the Nike app on there. Nike's really saying, shop through us, go to our, mm -hmm. our outlet stores. Yeah. So it really is getting away from them supplying aggregators and supplying, you know, these massive stores, uh, unlike Amazon, and they're really trying to pull the brand in. Secondly, you know, I, that that's actually interesting that people will go to the store, and I think that the novelty stores still do well. You know, like those little stores like Tilly's for kids and Hot Topic, which may be a little dated right now, but the kids like to look at it online, but, you know, the parents are still going in there potentially buying the stuff, so I guess it plays in there. The retail thing has me fascinated. I mean, the malls are closing up all over the place. You know, but yet some of some of these like one-off independent stores are doing fine. Like I, I don't really know what's going on in the yeah. retail sector anymore. Well, I, I think that the the ability to do geofencing with with apps and like Snapchat and stuff have, have really kind of not. I don't want to say because because of, of resurgence in retail, but I think it has made retail a little more relevant than it probably was even a couple of years ago mm -hmm. because true it's you know it's creating a shopping experience for for younger people as they're going now that certainly doesn't really affect us at this level but you know teenagers like your daughter and you know they're going to the mall it's an experience and they're actually you know hitting these stores up to kind of see you know you know, and, and then like you said hot topic it's a it's a you know it's not just what they sell they have a whole environment they have you know their own it's uh, a culture when you walk yeah, in there. It really is. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was looking for. And it's, you know, I think that's kind of what, what will save retail as we know it, you know, making sure that these experiences really, you know, fit into what kids are looking for. Because I, I'm telling you, I, my, my generation, I haven't been in a retail store other than, you know, to go to the grocery store or, you know, whatever. I, I, can't, ima I can't even remember the last time I went to a mall. It's, and it's funny, and not to get off topic, but if, uh, whoever is listening to this, but if in, the De in the Delaware Valley, even South Jersey, you go look at the Echelon Mall, you go look at the Morristown Mall, they're literally, it's like you're walking through a graveyard. You go to the Deptford Mall, you think you just walked into 1987. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I mean, how crowded every store's packed, I and mean, it's packed every single day. I don't understand. <laughs> Like, I mean, you can't, I know the retail's fading away. I get that. I know the stores are going away. But how do you have stores like the Cherry Hill and Defra Mall doing so crazily good? And I know the Echelon's hard to get to, and I get the Morristown one, too. But, yeah, so I think it's just what the store offers to bring them out. Yeah. You know? I mean, the Echelon Mall, they might as well actually retail tumbleweeds because that's all the stuff that's going on in there. Just, yeah, just going I, by. I don't know what's going on in there. So. Yeah. So the other story that, uh, Matt, if you want to... Yeah, sure. Um, real quick. So there was a story on the New York Times by Sapna Moreshwari. So I hope I didn't say that wrong. I apologize if I did. About six-second ads that Fox is testing out. Yeah, so earlier this month, they actually did six-second six ads on the teen choice awards on Fox, and now they're going to roll them back out for the NFL. A lot of people were, the NFL ratings were down last year, and a lot of people claim the ratings were down because the commercials were too long, when the reality is I, I actually think a lot of the ratings were people were watching it on the red zone, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of them are watching it via certain types of way on the mobile. Uh, I, I don't really think the NFL necessarily has a ratings problem yet. That's my personal opinion. But I think the six-second commercial really bleeds into something that we are trying to do here at Comexus you know, five, 10, 15 second commercials. And I think what's really interesting about these six second commercials is that they're trying to line them up during kickoff, or they're trying to align them up during maybe like a, a, a pause and player action, uh, or, you know, coaches, you know, calling a timeout. And they're about $200,000 a pop. And I think it's a really, really good way to kind of target 
that you know that person who's like they just want the instant fix. I'd be interested to see if these actual ads bleed into the red zone, mm. and if the red zone now allows these quick six-second ads to kind of go. Um, but I think you're truly seeing the future of traditional advertising. I think the six-second ad, I think it's a little light. I think you might want to move it up to about ten seconds. Six seconds is really really tough to kind of push it in there. Um, but I don't know what you guys were thinking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was interesting. Traditional media media buy. I mean, you can buy a, in fifteen-second ads. We're not crazy. They, you can still buy those. That's something that. Mm. They, around so I think the the thing about the six second ad to me is you know the generations that are coming up with YouTube where they see these interstitials and stuff that's about what it's you know the pre-stitial ones that come up they're about five six seconds yeah. I think that that's a, a format that has become you know sort of acceptable to them and I think that advertisers that make use of that format are starting to become more comfortable creating ads in that in that you know within those constraints so you know they're learning to optimize for a six second kind of spot um, you know the thing you mentioned about the the ratings being down I, I think I think it's it's got a red zone has to cut into it a lot but my goodness the game is so slow these days with all the replays and things like that so I think that that's you know instead of cutting away to an actual commercial break for a minute and a half two minutes whatever if you could just do while they're doing that conference six-second ads that come up overlay yeah. on the screen even. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's almost to the point, and, you know, again, being an ardent fan of the NFL, it's just you can't, you can't throw a commercial on, you know, the minute the, the coin toss is done, commercial. Mm. Okay, and then the minute right after the kickoff, commercial. Mm. I think what that does, it actually may get some people a little angry with the brands mm. that are advertising, you know. So uh, maybe the NFL's addressed this right. You're never going to get rid of the commercial. It's what keeps the NFL lights on. Um, however, I do think this is a new way to roll out. I think it's, you know, it, I, we'll see how it works. I think they should do a split screen whenever they're doing, like, a, you know, an official review or something just while that camera's over here. Because instead of just showing me five minutes of a guy with a hood staring into a camera that I can't see anything and they can't do the good replay images, then Jim, put a six-second ad up on the other side of the screen. I'm not going to. And you know how this started? And, and I'm taking a wild shot in the dark here, so let's think about it. Think about the scroll on the bottom of ESPN. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily worried about flipping off ESPN if there's a commercial mm -hmm. because you're seeing that scroll down below. So you're seeing the scores, you're seeing the news, you're like, eh, I'll keep it on. Maybe it's kind of like an inverted yeah, wave yeah. how it's morphed to the right-hand side. No, I agree. I, I think, you know, kind of like the, the Bloomberg TV kind of thing where all this stuff's just going on. And it's, and it's still playing. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode of the Comexis cast. If you would like to listen more, you can check out... Um, our SoundCloud, and you can also tune in every weekday and tomorrow uh, for more of the latest trending news. Have a great day.